Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live, but we got to let the stream breathe just for a few seconds. You all know the drill. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, is my partner in crime, my fellow football priest, fresh off a day off. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, we probably, maybe we would have titled our podcast episode tonight, our stream, a little differently had we uh, had this telegraphed to us. But it was a little late in the game, right before we go live tonight. The Denver Broncos bite the bullet and trade third-year cornerback, former third-round pick, Isaac Yadam, to the New York Giants in exchange for a 2021 seventh-round pick. Your gut reaction? It, it was a nice job by John Elway to get something, something for a guy who was likely going to be cut from the from the 80-man roster. It's a good move on Elway's part to recoup his losses. Yadam never worked out. He was never a scheme fit. He had problems tracking the ball, turning his head, fundamental cornerback issues. Obviously, they didn't think he had safety uh, in his future like a Kareem Jackson type. What stood out to me, though, Chad, the NFL being so wild, the Broncos got <laughs> for Isaac Yadam what they surrendered for Darrell Casey. So for a former third-round bust, the uh, same thing for a five-time Pro Bowler. And also, with the recent history with the Giants, they traded Riley Dixon, the former punter, for a seventh round pick. So it really shows you where Yadam's value or lack thereof was around the NFL. Good move by Owen. It, you know, if he's not going to make the roster, you, you go ahead and bite the bullet and get rid of him. But it actually now completes the picture because today I had the article at milehighhuddle.com. You guys can go read it. Vic Fangio made the curious decision to play the undrafted rookie cornerback, Asang Bass. You guys have heard us talk about him on the show many times. In fact, as soon as he was signed, you heard us say on the show multiple times that of all the undrafted rookies the Broncos brought in this year, including Levante Bellamy, the running back, who actually garnered the biggest signing bonus, that Asang Bass was the guy we had pegged to be that next undrafted free agent to make the roster. And Vic Fangio... He decided to play him with the first team. It is extremely unusual for an undrafted rookie. doesn't matter at what point in camp. There's only two more days left of training camp. It's extremely unusual for an undrafted rookie at any point 
Philip Lindsay was an exception in 2018 to get any first team reps, like meaningful first team reps. And then a Sang Bassey, especially kind of on the doorstep of the season opening week, to make that decision to put him in at the nickel. So they kicked Bryce Callahan out to the boundary, AJ Boye uh, at the boundary, and they put um, Bassey in the nickel. And now it makes a lot more sense, Zach. I mean, it still made some sense that in that Fangio, you know, wanted to see how he could handle playing that role with the ones and against the ones. After the fact, Zach Fangio said that he did pretty damn well is basically what he dropped a little mini expletive there. Um, Obviously impressed. And then the word goes up. Yeah, go ahead. So it sounds like they'd been in talks. This would be my guess, Zach. They'd been in talks with the Giants on Yadam. They kind of hemmed and hawed. They said, well, let's try Bassey at the nickel. And if, if we, if he does well, let's go ahead and pull the trigger. And I guess we have our answer. The Broncos probably knew at least a week ago when they have these personnel meetings and training camp was getting going with the acclimation period and the practices, they probably knew that Yadam wasn't long for the team. They knew he wasn't a part of the future, so they started working other players into meaningful reps. They probably reached out to the Giants, other teams, interested in Yadam's services, what they would give up, and they found a taker uh, for a young talent who might blossom in a different system. Sometimes all it takes is a change of scenery. It just he, he did not work out in Denver. He was not a good cornerback, and they're – with so many question marks behind A.J. Boye, even including Devontae Bosby, including Bryce Callahan, they have to keep experimenting and moving different pieces around to see who can contribute in that role. A Singh Bassey, like you said, we talked him up from the moment he was signed as an undrafted free agent. And I think now Yadam's departure paves the way for Bassey to make the final squad. I don't think it's going to be Duke Dawson. I don't think that's going to be the guy to get the spot over Bassey. I, I do think the Broncos like his talent. He's a great glove fit for the system. Um, it just it wasn't Yadam's wasn't Yadam's time it, it, with this team in in this city in this locker room. Hey man, they gave him a lot of opportunities though. You know, even as a rookie in 2018, he received some serious playing time. And last year at diff- at two different points in the season, early on and then later again after, well, he, he was a starter early on and then he blew it. They ended up pulling him and putting in Devontae Harris. Harris started for six weeks, and then he lost his starting job, and they replaced him again with Isaac Yadam. Basically, Zach, by virtue of his draft pedigree. Now, the one thing that was kind of a disconnect with Yadam is extremely physical, long, six foot one, very smart football IQ, high character guy, big time leader. But for whatever reason, especially in Fangio's scheme, like he's a guy, Yadam, who I think probably if he'd have been just three or four years older and drafted into the Wade Phillips man coverage, go get him type uh, defense, he might have had more success. And maybe even having a guy like Akib Talib, whom I know the Broncos hoped he could kind of mimic and, and follow in that those footsteps because of his size, because of his physicality and whatnot. But the one big difference between Isaac Yadam and, and Akib Talib, Zach, among many, is the fact that <laughs> Akib Talib not only has ball skills, but he has elite level ball skills and elite level instincts. And so with Fangio's scheme, it's just more about playing off coverage, keeping everything in front of you, having the the vision and the knowledge and the and the instincts to know when to drive. And and you know, it's just it wasn't a good fit for him. So hopefully he lands on his feet. We want to wish him as a as an ex-Bronco. You hope that he finds success somewhere. But the Broncos are turning the page on that third round pick. And I guess you just charge it to the game. It didn't work out. 
I don't know how much that football IQ helped him out that much. You know, he was struggling with the basic nuances of playing cornerback, finding the ball in the air, turning his head around, you know, tracking his his opponent, his receiver, his man in coverage. He just it it just was a busted pick, just like Brendan Langley. And like you said it best, Chad, sometimes there's really no one explanation. It wasn't a good fit for the team, for the player, and it's just part of the game. They moved on and they have, I think, a better player with better upside for the system and is saying Bassey filling that spot. Guys, we are so excited for tonight's show. We're going to go through some studs and duds a little bit later on from training camp. And of course, it is the 12th installment of our Superstar Series. We're going to have the one and only Glenn Hauser on here in just a few minutes. First, though, we got to take care of some quick matters of business. Gang, this episode is brought to you and sponsored by sportsbetting.com. Go out and enter the free million dollar pick'em contest by visiting sportsbetting.com backslash pick'em dash football. Sportsbetting.com slash pick'em dash football. And uh, enter into the million dollar contest. I did it earlier today and it's actually pretty fun. You got to make 16 picks uh, against the spread. If you get them all right, uh, also 16 picks on the over under for NFL week one. If you get them all right, you get a million bucks or we'll see. You got to Give it a try. If not, the other cool thing about this is that there's a $10,000 prize pool to the top five finishers, and the first place is going to get 5000 of that 10000 So check it out, sportsbetting.com, and enter into the million-dollar pick'em contest. All right, Zach, we got to give our, our uh, followers here, our community, especially the way we're growing right now, got to make sure people know how to connect with us on social media. <clears throat> At Huddle Up Pod, you got to follow on Twitter. Stay up to date. Keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. And then while you're at it, you want to follow at Mile High Huddle as well. Get those two checked, those two boxes checked, so to speak, on Twitter. And you're not going to miss anything as it relates to your Denver Broncos or the podcast. Also, gentle reminder, check out the merch store. Head on over to HuddleUpPod.com. Get your swag on. Get yourself one of these Mile High Huddle trucker hats, one of these football priest hats that you see Zach wearing. There's a new Mile High Huddle polo that we debuted earlier this week. Check that out. It's just another way that you can support what we're doing here at MHH, bringing you this content daily. And if you're not in a position to do that, it's all good. These three things, each and every one of you can do. If you love us, subscribe, like, and share it out there. Really helps in an organic way to continue to grow and reach like-minded Broncos fans just like you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're the one who protects the flock, and that requires an eye for detail. Because when safety and well-being are on the line, it's the details that can save lives. Even when no one else is watching, you see everything. Granger gets you, and we're here for you. And all the ones who get it done with a wide range of safety products and solutions. Plus board-certified safety consultants here to answer your questions. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right. Huddle Up Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle. And the time has come to bring on the one, 
the only, Glenn Hauser. It's the 12th installment of our Super Chat Superstar Series. You guys know him. Big time member, MHH, Mount Rushmore member, Glenn Hauser. Glenn, it's so good to see you and meet you, my friend. Thanks for spending some time with us tonight. How are you? Doing great. So, so excited to be on tonight. So thank you so much. You guys are getting a glimpse here behind Glenn at this amazing man cave that he had. We've, you know, we showed a, a, he sent us a selfie when he got the MHH hoodie and we put that on our Instagram. And so you guys have, there he is repping the brand like a true boss. Uh, so you guys have gotten a glimpse, but you can see behind him there. It's just honestly the most impressive man cave I've ever seen. And Glenn, as someone who is not in the state of Colorado, you are one, like so many of our great community, who exemplifies the hashtag state of being. We say it all the time. Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. It's wherever you are. You are not in Colorado. So how did you become such a passionate, outgoing Denver Broncos fan? So I grew up in Littleton, Colorado. So I was a Bronco fan all growing up. Moved to New Hampshire, middle of junior year in high school and never let it go. I'm in Patriots country. So Hmm. I... uh, faced with the evil empire all the time that was uh that must have been a good time for you though the Peyton years from I mean it was a good time for all Broncos fans but especially being in in Patriot land the the battles back and forth two victories in the AFC championship game defeating the New England Patriots you had some bragging rights going for you there for a minute we did and uh one of my favorite stories is so we have two girls and both we've both of them loving the Broncos and our oldest Emma went on her bus wearing a, a Peyton Manning jersey and she got booed on her bus. <laughs> but the next day she went on wearing a Von Miller jersey. So there was no stopping her. It was great. <laughs> Children Glenn, can be harsh, Zach. Yeah, yeah I, I'm sorry. I, I can't stop marveling at your man cave behind you. You know, when you walk into a mall and you see those sporting stores and there's jerseys <laughs> and the shirts, it's so it's right in your face. I love it. I'm always stopping in my tracks whenever I see that. But you've seen the show by now. You probably know where I'm going with this. As a Broncos fan, can you tell us your your best Broncos memory, top of your head, what comes to mind immediately? Is it Elway? Is it Terrell Davis? Is it Tim Tebow? Is it Peyton Manning? What would you say is number one for you? So favorite memory has to be the win against the Packers, Super Bowl 32. When Elway, the helicopter, I mean, everybody says it, but when that happened, I was sure we were going to yep. win. I actually cried after that game. I'm not afraid. I'm not ashamed. <laughs> to, I'm not ashamed to say that. I think most of us did. It's like the it's like the big Lebowski. Strong men also cry. That's right. Strong men also cry. There, hey, look at look this. at that. It's look like at we that paid this man. There. It's like we paid this yeah. man. The checks in the um, mail, Glenn. Don't worry, it's coming. Glenn, that was a special time for all Broncos fans because you know, long suffering man. Up to that point, it was the fifth trip to the Super Bowl, and the Broncos at that point had been unsuccessful. Elway, of course, quarterback the Broncos to four of them. And they finally got it done in Super Bowl 32. So it was one and three in the Super Bowl. And then they do it back to back in uh, Super Bowl 33. How did you feel about the Broncos? Just This is just a quick thing I'm, I'm curious about. How did you feel about the state of the franchise when Elway hung it up and retired after Super Bowl 33 and kind of passing the torch on to Brian Greasy? I thought that there were quite a few star players, but then things went downhill very quickly. So, you know, I always liked Greasy. Uh, you know, he obviously sounded like he had some issues with his teammates and, and didn't always get along with them. But I thought he was a solid player, especially once he left us. And then Terrell got hurt and it all went downhill from there. So. All right. So you guys might have noticed. And by the way, 
Any questions, get them in. Any super chats for Glenn, get them in. And we will try to get to each and every one of them before we cut Glenn loose tonight here. But get them in there. And you might have noticed we haven't mentioned John. We haven't uh, mentioned Buona Beast. He is a little bit under the weather tonight. So he is, he's he's got the night off. So our thoughts are with John. Hopefully he gets feeling better and gets some rest and, and can recover and be back in the saddle tomorrow. So I'm juggling a little bit more Zach and I than we normally will. We're doing, we're trying to do the back end stuff with the chat stream and finding all the questions and the comments and the chat, uh, the super chats while also keeping our conversation here with Glenn. So bear with us a little bit here tonight, Glenn, before we move on this chat stream, it has a tendency when it really gets active to want to jump on us. And it's already done a little bit of a jump and jump this fellow right here, Christian, one of our superstars who can't necessarily make it to each and every single live stream. He'll get there one of these days, but he's got things to do. He's got his new job and whatnot. Thank but you, when he's in here, he's always showing love on Super Chat. And yeah. Christian, we just want you to know we appreciate you, my friend. He says, I just heard the most bogus take ever of Locke not being the guy to build your offense around. Thoughts? Zach, this kind of speaks to the Eric Davis thing that made the rounds in, in Broncos country. I believe it was yesterday. He appeared on uh, 104.3 The Fan with Nick and Cecil and said that Drew he sees Drew Locke as a backup level type yeah. talent, which is just one of the most asinine takes I've ever heard. I don't even know what he's doing anymore. I know he's he's done he's had some major network gigs in the past, but Glenn and I want your take. Obviously, Zach, what was your take on Eric Davis saying that Drew Locke is a backup level? I don't know if you saw that that headline. I did. Line. I think it's preposterous. I mean, everybody can see from even from the five games that he was doing, the way he leads his team, the fact that they went heavy offense in the draft to support him. This guy's no backup. Jeff Driscoll, he's a backup. Yes. Very good point. <laughs> he shouldn't even be our backup. <laughs> More on that to come a little bit. <laughs> does the notion of Drew Locke being a backup, does it even warrant the time we've already spent addressing this tonight? No, and this is why let him hate exists. And I want to just say again, let them hate. Let them keep thinking Drew Locke's a backup and the Broncos have a backup caliber quarterback starting for them. He outdueled as a rookie, coming in cold, coming off an injury as a raw quarterback, outdueled Deshaun Watson, upset the Texans, upset the Chargers, came back after the Chiefs lost and beat the Raiders, went 4-1 and one in his five starts. How could you, as a respected football fan and analyst, come away from that thinking he's anything not than, a, a, than more of a building block for this Broncos team. He is absolutely more than a backup, and I don't know you can even make that claim. I think Glenn said it best. Jeff Driscoll's a backup. Jameis Winston right now is a backup. Case Keenum is a backup. Drew Locke is a young cornerstone player for an up-and-coming franchise, and this, again, it has nothing to do with Locke. It has everything to do with these blue check marks, Chad, and these armchair general managers who just spew this lazy, uninformed, uneducated analysis like it's gospel, and it's not gospel. Just because the Broncos haven't made the playoffs and a half decade they're not discarded to the to the people who actually follow them day in and day out honestly you know what i think when i hear that from eric davis i think of this similar thing we've talked about when with some of the some of the uh skepticism that drew lock has received in from pro football focus these guys had an evaluation and they dug in deep when he was a prospect, when he was a draft prospect, they didn't like drew lock. They didn't think he was first round caliber and they thought they could beat their chest and be all excited. Look, we were right. He didn't go in the first round. See, he was a day two guy all along and day two guys, you know, it's, they're not likely to be long-term franchise quarterbacks. And despite the fact 
that he succeeded and showed some serious chops as a rookie with that five-game uh, audition, they have the decision to either say, fall on the sword and say, hey, look, I was wrong, my bad, this dude seems legit, or dig in deeper. And Eric Davis is one of those that seems like that guy, and he dug in deeper. So uh, real quick, let's grab this super chat from one of our great community members, David Kilgore. Appreciate you, David. Thank you, David. All of your support. Bonafide superstar. He says, with Denver releasing Yadam, does that open the door for them to get Prince uh, Mukamara or another free agent or even trade for one? I mean, Zach, that is an interesting prospect, although I think more what you – the thought process was revealed more by what you saw the Broncos do today with the saying Bassey. Nevertheless, with one going out the door – in theory, it could potentially open up a roster spot. I don't see it that way, but what are your thoughts, Zach? If they wanted a Mukamara, they would have signed him months ago, and they could have signed him now. I mean, literally playing a Sengbassi with the ones, and then a few hours later trading away Isaac Adams tells you all you need to know. They were... Uh, you know, that was a predetermined, premeditated move on the Broncos' part. Yadam is not a part of this franchise. It's not a part of the future. A saying Bassey has upside, and obviously the Broncos like their in-house personnel more than a Mukamara for whatever reason. If Vic Fangio doesn't want to sign you, considering how intimate he knows a Mukamara, he's obviously not cut out for Denver, Chad. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Glenn, are you on the Amukamara train? What are your thoughts? I was initially, but I think Zach is 100% right that it's going to be a bassy move, and we that ship has sailed with Prince. For whatever reason, it most definitely has left the harbor. Here we've got a super chat from Mark Langley. Everyone knows Mark. Appreciate you, my Thank friend. You, Good to have you in the stream, as always. He says, what's up, my guys? What's up, Glenn? What's up, Broncos country? Poor, poor 
uh, Yadam got traded for a boring seventh round pick. Oh, I see. Yondam, right? Like yawn for a boring seventh round. Leave it to Mark. For those listening after the fact, using a little uh, emoji wordplay here. Um, Well, better than nothing. Oh, well. Hashtag football priest. Hashtag huddle up pod. Hashtag MHH. Yeah, I mean, it's better than Glenn. I mean, if you're going to, if you were planning on, or if you would resolve yourself as a team to just cutting Isaac Yadam in two days' time, better to get a seventh round pick. In, in exchange for the investment you put into him, not just in terms of the draft pick, but the time, the two years, two and a half, you know, three training camps worth of time you put into developing this kid. I'm thrilled at this news. You know, he uh, was a failure last year, waving his arms around. We have him waving his arms around. We have CHJ <laughs> blaming people. Blaming it's just a disaster back there. So I'm really excited about the defense this year, especially the the DBs. All right, bear with me, gang. I'm, I am grabbing... I'm going on to the back end here to see what specific questions we got here for Glenn. Zach and I have a couple more in the, our back pocket that we have, but oftentimes the ones that we have squared away for them get answered by our great community members because we're like a hive mind here. We're all sharing a brain in the best sense, in the best sense. Now, Mundungus, you know we love you. The Broncos Wizzy is in the hizzy. The chat stream just did a jump, so we got to do one of these. Mundungus jumping in on Super Chat. Appreciate you, Thank my you. friend. He says, Glenn is one of those guys that sorts his Skittles by color and then eats them all at the same time anyways. <laughs> little, a little OCD. I don't know, Glenn. You do seem quite tidy, though, and organized. I'm not letting you see by, on the other side of that desk, so. <laughs> Who's your eyebrows? Limits. Your eyebrows. Is this step up? how that goes. <laughs> all right, let me grab this other one uh, from Mundungus while we're – on this thread real quick. There's a couple others that we will get here while we have Glenn with us, but Mundungus brings the funny like Mark. These, these two keep us smiling on this show. Mundungus again on super chat. Thank you, Mike. Uh, Glenn is the kind of guy that speeds up when you're in the process of passing him on the highway. Hmm. The worst guy. Now that's people. a dig. That's a dig right that's there. That hurt. That hurts. I'm yeah. not, I'm not that guy. <laughs> Appreciate you, Mike. And uh, we, we know it's all in fun. All right, let me see what else we have here directly for Glenn. Um, here's one from Adon. Everyone knows Adon on YouTube. He goes by six foot ten Mexican. Here is Adon's message to Glenn directly here while we got him live with us. Appreciate that, Adon, Thank on you. Super Chat. The Glenn Hauser <laughs> Broncos Museum coming soon. Hashtag MHH. I mean, it's pretty formidable and comprehensive, the amount of – memorabilia and jerseys yes. and the different things you have back there. It's impressive. Thank you. Glenn, one of the most impressive things I learned in our private DMs and talking back and forth and stuff over these last year or so, maybe or that, that we've known each other is you actually have a couple of old seats from the old mile high stadium. I do. In actually, that room have, right now. They're uh, yeah, that's, that's so awesome. <laughs> but um. There's an interesting story about that. When they were tearing down the stadium, they were getting rid of some seats. They were selling them. And they asked what seats we'd want. If And uh, my birthday and my wife's birthday are the 12th and 13th. And so uh, they said, no problem. I get the seats, say, 10 and 11. At that point, I could care less. It was so cool. The guy called me and he said, how was the order? I said, everything looks great. I said, we didn't get 12 or 13. He goes, pay for shipping. I'll send them. And so... 
at my regular office when I actually am able to go in, uh, I, I have two Bronco seats. And so the Patriot <laughs> fans that I work with, if they want to sit down, they have to sit in mile high seats. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. That is a sweet story. And that's one of the things that's so cool about these superstar segments is not only Zach, the chance to get to know our community and, and the true pillars that help support what we're doing here. But, you know, you hear awesome stories, not only how people become fans, but cool anecdotes that just, you know, it brings the community together and just makes this thing thrive. We got Zeus McPeak jumping in, bona fide superstar, like Glenn, a Mount Rushmore member here at NHH. I do not have the stew chair. There you, that's right. That's right. There you go. He's got the chair like Stu. Glenn, you rock is, is what Zeus's message is to Glenn. And then we've got one here as well from Chris Hernandez that we got to get on the screen while you're with us here tonight. Um, real quick. Everyone knows Chris. Chris was on the last Wednesday with us. Appreciate you, Chris, jumping in on Super Chat. And he says, Thank cheers, you. Glenn. Love hearing the stories. And we can concur. All right. We're, we're getting a little bit long here. So let me ask you. We're going to close our conversation with an important question about the 2020 season overall. But what is your outlook on Drew Locke? We've touched on it here, kind of going at the haters and whatnot. But if you have concerns about Drew, what are they? And what's your overall outlook and what you expect to see from this kid in what is his second year, but his first year as the incumbent starter? My concerns aren't with him. It's his protection. If he can get protected, if he can move around, the running game can be good. I see him 3,800 to 4,000 yards, 27 touchdowns, maybe 10 interceptions. I see big things for this guy. And the Broncos record is? 11 and 5. Wow. Love it, dude. Love it. You know, we're only – well, it'll be next week sometime, either Wednesday or Thursday. We'll unveil our official predictions for the season. But as you know, Glenn, 11 and 5 was my way too early prediction for the Denver Broncos. And what I'll say is up to this point, there have been a couple of concerning moments in terms of cause to kind of raise an eyebrow, like the stadium setback at the stadium with the offense, and they follow that up with a not-so-hot day at practice on uh, Monday after a day off. But nevertheless, I haven't seen enough. We'll see. We'll see when it all is said and done. We release that and unveil it to everybody. But I haven't quite seen enough to get me off of 11-5 and five, uh, up to this point. Now, we got Big Kev Peterson jumping in, showing some love on Super Chat. Unfortunately, we ran out of character space, Kev, so I'm going to have to read your hashtag. But he says, um, name drop in here. I know Glenn Hauser. We met at a 7-Eleven buying beer one night in Massachusetts. Thanks for busting my top that night, pal. You've never relented. What what is he talking about? Oh, and by the way, the hashtag is hashtag is shaved head. Shaved heads are the new hair. There you go. Shaved heads are the new hair. <laughs> anyway, give us some insight on do you, what is he talking about? I feel like we're being there's an inside joke. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. But you know, and uh, I got to tell you though, when I saw the subject line studs and duds, my wife uh, shared a Facebook post. I said inviting people to join, and she said he's clearly one of the studs. So I, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> undoubtedly, undoubtedly. Well, Glenn, we got to do this again, my friend. We got to get you yes. back on the show. And as we were talking about privately before we went live here tonight, you know, one day we're looking forward to the day when this whole pandemic thing is in everybody's rear view and we can all get back to 
business as usual and life as usual. And we have some big plans of doing some fun stuff, some meet and greets and some get togethers and stuff at the stadium. And, you know, we'll figure some, some things out where we can kind of put out a beacon, if you will, and everyone, you know, make your way to MHH Central. And in that moment, we'll, we want to coordinate it for a time where we know you're going to be as a season ticket holder, the Denver Broncos, in New Hampshire. The man you see now on your screen is a season ticket holder for the Denver Broncos. Coordinate it for a time we know you're going to be in town. We'll figure it out. But, man, it's just been so fun getting to know you, Glenn, and, and thanks for coming on the show tonight. Oh, Thanks for having me. And I know Terry wanted seven for Elway. I got 12. Unfortunately, it's uh, – thanks my friend make sure you follow glenn by the way on twitter as you can see here those of you with us live at glenn hauser that's two n's on glenn he is the man we love him glenn have a great night give our best to your family and uh, the missus and we'll see you in the in the stream my friend thank you guys this is not long ago everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, there he goes. The one, the only, Glenn Hauser. The man is just, wow. you know, he's he's uh, one of the best people I've come across in this business, Zach, in engaging with fans and people that read and consume our content and participate in the community and all that stuff. He's just one of the all-timers, like Hall of Fame guys. And as you guys know, he, he imparted to me one of my personal favorite, most impressive gifts of all time, a signed copy of this book. So he's, he's the man, but Glenn's just a great dude. Zach. I'm shaking my head right now. Cause that man should charge admission to that house. I mean, he's like Glenn Hauser, the curator of the Broncos museum of excellence. I mean, he literally has every single thing you can want from a Broncos fan. The seats for mile high. He has a Paxton Lynch Jersey. He has a Griswold Jersey. I mean, Glenn is one of a kind. That's arguably the coolest man cave, at least Broncos man cave I have ever seen. It's definitely, <clears throat> to, I mean, I haven't seen it in the flesh, but I can only imagine it's all the more impressive in the flesh. Yes. And even from what we've seen, the different angles, the things he's shown us, it's the most impressive. I haven't seen one that beats it. And if you have one out there, if one of you are listening or watching with us now, and you've got one that beats Glenn, we want to see it. Send us a pic. Uh, all right, real quick here, Zach. We want to get to some studs and duds, but we also got to get to our superstars who've been waiting patiently. 
Uh, we got Jeff C jumping in. Uh, appreciate that, Jeff. And he Thank said, you, had a phone conversation with one of the guys at camp, an ex Bronco. We're all pro lock, but technique is suffering. Skangs knew how to game plan for lock. All right. So the concern being that for whatever Skangarello lacked as a game, as a game planner and as a tactician and as an actual offensive coordinator, he made up for, or he at least had real chops as a teacher. And that's something that you can't take away from Skangarello. And in fact, I think what you saw from Drew Locke and the leaps he took from the third preseason game to when you saw him debut in week 13 after an 11-week exile on injured reserve, I think Rich Skangarello, in all fairness, deserves a lot of credit for that, that the way they were able to microwave Drew Locke, and especially without reps. I mean, he was, he's, he was basically doing VR reps right. uh, for 11 weeks. But, Zach, the notion that his his – Drew Locke, that is when we bring it back up, that his technique is suffering. The only thing I can I can guess at here is he's still talking about footwork. And as we know with, with Drew Locke, Zach, I don't think you're ever going to see a perfect iteration of Drew Locke for a 60-minute game where it's just right. textbook Peyton Manning-level footwork. And, you know, you take the good with the bad. What you lose with that is some perhaps some of the consistency, maybe a little bit of accuracy. What you can gain from that, though, is his ability to make plays off schedule and just be that playmaker. You know what? Scangarello, say what you want about him. He got kind of a raw deal, Chad. And this is kind of why when they fired him, we kind of looked at each other like, what are they doing? This kind of seems a little impulsive, a a little knee-jerk to fire the guy who walked into a situation as a rookie coordinator with Joe Flacco as your starter, then Brandon Allen, and then the only – hope you have under center is on IR for most of the season. I thought Skangarello did a lot of good last year, especially for Drew Locke, and uh, I think he's a pretty good coach, and, and more so than Broncos fans give him credit for. In terms of Locke, I'm 100% with you. I've been saying this. You're not going to get an Alex Smith in Drew Locke. You're not going to get Peyton Manning in Drew Locke. He's a gunslinger. He's more Tony Romo, Brett Favre, even Patrick Mahomes. They take chances. Mahomes throws picks too. Favre threw pl- plenty of picks, as we know. I mean, he's going to take his chances. You're going to Hold your head and saying to yourself, I can't believe he did that. And the next play, hold your head thinking, I can't believe he did that. It, it's That's what he brings to the table. He has elite-level arm talent, and you take the good with the bad. His technique as a first-year, first-time starter isn't going to be 100% perfect, but he has two great coaches around him right now in Shermer and Shula and a great supporting cast and a, an improved offensive line. So it's all on Drew right now, but the Broncos give him credit. They've done everything in their power to put him in the best position to succeed. Well said. And for what it's worth, though, Pat Shermer and Mike Shula, they're no slouches in the teaching quarterback right. department. I mean, these guys have – their bona fides and resume successes on their resumes as well. So, you know, again, I think if you set your expectations for perfection, it's something you can always strive for. In Drew Locke's case, from a technical perspective, footwork, platform, all that stuff, you're never going to, you're probably never going to get that perfect technique, but he's going to make up for it in other ways. Uh, A couple more supers here, Zach, and then we'll get to the studs and duds. Bronco Batman jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. And, uh, barbecuing on the deck with a nice Bronco apron there in his profile pick. He says, getting closer to game day, Eric Davis on 104.3 The Fan, hating on Drew Locke, but we all know the truth. Go Broncos and much love, guys. Appreciate that. And as you know, Bronco Batman, we uh, I think we spent about as much time as the Eric Davis hate really warrants. Uh, the queen of MHH jumping in, showing her generosity as she is Thank wont you. to do. Thank you, Christy. We love you. She says, uh, she offers some love and that says, so excited. Woohoo. Of course, Glenn Hauser. 
Uh, and he has left the building and we're all bereft now, Zach. We're all feeling a little bit down now that the plan has left the, the stream here. But Christy, thank you, my friend. And it's just so cool to see how excited people get to, to, to meet each other. And that was something Glenn told us too before we went live, just how neat it's been for him to, to get a chance to put faces to screen handles and the way you kind of get to know people and on online right. without seeing them face to face, you know? You know how they say in baseball, you see something new every game. It seems like with these superstar segments, Chad, we learn something new, some factoid or some anecdote about a Broncos fan every single time. And that's what I come back for. The stadium seats, Glenn trolling Patriots fans, Eclipse trolling Eagles fans. I mean, the stories that we've heard from our superstars have been worth it completely. And I love uh, getting to know our listeners. All right, two more, and then we're going to dive into studs and does. We got Terry Randall up there imparting a nice message here to Glenn, of course. I missed this one while we were live. My apologies, Terry. But uh, north of the 49th parallel, a true hashtag state of being guy, and he's, his hashtag here for Glenn is Hauser in the house, hashtag M-H-H-U-N, hashtag football priest. Really appreciate you, Terry. And then, Zach, we got a really good question here from Mike Evans. Everyone knows Thank Mike. You, Mike. Great dude. He's been on yep. the show. We loved having him. We look forward to having Mike on again. He says, by what game in the season do you think it'll take for our offense to become fully effective? So at what point, whatever that ceiling is going to be for this offense, Zach, at what point do you see them hitting that or come, you know, approaching it? How long is it going to take? It's going to take – I mean, my first instinct is to stay a quarter of the season, and it would have taken that either way, I think, in a normal offseason with normal practices and normal training camp and normal preseason. We didn't have any of that. Locke didn't have any of that. Judy and the rookies didn't have any of that. It's especially when you open up the season against the Titans, the Steelers, and the Buccaneers. Those are two really defensive-oriented teams and an explosive offensive team. It's not easy to start out. It can put a young Broncos offense led by Locke in precarious situations if, what I don't think it's going to happen, if the defense slips. It's going to take... I would say four or five weeks for the offense to find its footing, the offensive line combinations with Dotson likely starting a tackle and uh, Cushionberry at center. That's going to take some time to gel. Judy literally and figuratively finding his footing with KJ Hamler and the lock connection to develop organically with his wide receivers. It doesn't happen overnight. It could be a couple interceptions here, a couple fumbles there, a couple drop passes here and there. But when they get going, when they do find their stride, which it will happen by midseason, this has the makings, Chad, of a top 12, top 10 offense if all things click. So hang in there. If things are slow, it will level off, and the ebbs and flows will translate to Broncos' success as the year goes on. Exactly. I mean, I honestly, I, I expect it to take the full <clears throat> uh, first quarter of the season, so yes. the first four weeks for this offense to kind of work out the bugs and iron out the kinks. I think by the time you get into that second segment of the season, that second quarter of the season, you're going to see this offense start really coming together and putting up some volume. By the time you get to that stretch run, the third quarter and the fourth quarter of the season, the final eight games, I think you'll see this offense playing at, at a pretty high or whatever ceiling that they're going to hit this year, which I think will be quite high. You're going to see that about then. But just be prepared. It's not It's not like it's going to be a crap show the first four weeks. Right. That's not what we're trying to prepare you guys for. Just that, you know, don't expect Peyton Manning level coming out week one and throwing seven touchdowns on the Baltimore Ravens. That ain't right. going to happen. Uh, again, thank you, Mike, my friend. All right, last one, then we get studs and duds. Kathy Lund jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend. You. One of our superstars and members of this community. She says, who's Eric Davis? Let him hate. Great to see you, Glenn. Hashtag state of being. Awesome. 
And uh, we really do appreciate you, Kathy. Thank you. Let him hate. If we haven't gotten to your super chat, I promise you, gang, we're going to get to you. Um, first, though, we got to get to some of the content of tonight's show that we have planned for you here. Studs and duds. So there's only a couple of days of training camp left. And so who have been the studs? Who have been the duds? Oftentimes when it comes to these type of, of questions, Zach, you know, you could make a pretty long list on both sides, depending on the right. year. But in this case, we've narrowed it down to three studs we're going to unveil tonight and three duds. And then tomorrow, you guys look for Zach and I are going to co-author an article together at milehighhuddle.com where we do five studs each, five duds each. And that's coming tomorrow, milehighhuddle.com. So let's start. I'm a guy that likes the bad news first. All right. We've, we've mentioned that both of us are. We like whatever it is. If it's good news, bad news, give us the bad news first. Yeah. So let's start with the duds. Okay. Now, let's start with Isaac Yadam. I know Jeff Driscoll's number one here, Zach, but Isaac Yadam. Yeah. I mean, this was on the list long before we knew that Isaac Yadam had been traded to the New York Giants. In case you're just joining us, Isaac Yadam dealt to the Giants today in exchange for a 2021 seventh round pick. What? How disappointing was Isaac Yadam, or were you really expecting Yadam to take a leap in year three? He was a dud in 2018 as a rookie. He was a dud when he was drafted. He, he was just never a good fit for the previous coaching staff and Vance Joseph and Wade Phillips, you know, or the previous coaching or the current coaching staff and Vic Fangio. I mean, if you fail in two different regimes, Chad, you're doing something wrong. And uh, he just he couldn't find the ball. He couldn't track it. He couldn't turn his head. He was always a dud. And what does it say that they before they trade you away as a former third round pick? They play an undrafted rookie in your spot, getting him reps with the ones. That should have been Yadam taking control of that job in year three now when players typically take off in their development. It just never happened. Now he has a great secondary coach in Ed Donatel. Uh, he has a great defensive coordinator in Vic Fangio. He was always a dud, just like Brendan Langley was always a dud. He was just dead in the water, dead on arrival. Any way you want to put it, he was never going to work out in Denver. You know, he's a, he was a great try-hard guy, and he is a great try-hard guy, but the, the nuances just never came together for Isaac Yadam. And I did. Oh, I'm not going to lie. I held out a small modicum of hope that as a premium round draft pick of this team, that year three and specifically year two in Fangio's scheme, we could see him take a leap. But honestly, he's a guy I think that in terms of his Bronco career, which is now over, that really could have used the preseason, which is gonzo. Yeah. That's so fair. Happy, happy trails to Isaac Yadam, but definitely one of the disappointments of camp. Let's talk about Demarcus Walker. We'll get to the quarterback last year. Let's talk about Demarcus Walker, who everybody knows of all the guys here at MHH. Zach and I are the two who have been the most positive and optimistic and probably the, I wouldn't necessarily call us biggest fans of Demarcus Walker, but we appreciate what he can bring to the table, having that, you know, kind of that clutch gene. He's just always around the ball. Whenever he's been able to get onto the field, he has made an impact, but Zach, whatever doghouse he he got into late last year, I, I don't know the whole story. And, you know, there's, I've heard a bunch of different things. I've been told a lot of different things about exactly what unfolded, whatever that was, it seems to have kind of been an impediment heading into this summer, which is bad news because this is a contract year for him. And now it's looking like a good chance. He doesn't even make this roster. 
it pains me to say it. And like you said, we've been big fans and, and, you know, blowing the DeMarcus Walker horn, but this is a guy like Isaac Yadam who's now failed with two different coaching staffs. And we don't know if it's a personality trait, a personality defect, something he's doing behind the scenes in practice. He's just rubbing these coaches the wrong way. And it's unfortunate because when he's on the field, he's always around the football, mostly as a pass rusher, but he's literally always around the football. And those players are very hard to find. But I have to be fair, too. I can't predict this final roster or look at the Broncos objectively and have Demarcus Walker on the 53 when he's done nothing this summer. I mean, he's been outshined by Draymond Jones, Shelby Harris, even Christian Covington. They picked up later in the offseason. He offers more versatility. And I think Covington's signing was the final nail in the Demarcus Walker coffin chat. When they signed him and they picked up Ajim in the draft, that signaled to me that Walker wasn't long for Denver. And it's the same kind of storyline as Isaac Adam, a, a former second-round pick, and Walker, who just never really met the draft status in Denver, never really took hold of that job like he was asked to do. And I think in Walker's case, though, separate from Yadam, it was a personality um, issue, a mental issue. Something was going on that prevented him from really thriving. Something intangible. You're right. There's, it's something between the ears, whether it's, you know, picking up the schemes in in his defense, you know, the Broncos gave him kind of a tough task of learning to, you know, switching positions as a rookie. Then he gets yes. sick. Then it's a regime change, and then he has to learn. So it hasn't been easy for Demarcus Walker, but let me ask you this. Could he be a trade option for the Denver Broncos? Do you think they could be exploring the possibility of unloading him somewhere, like Jacksonville comes to mind in terms of needing pass rushers, instead of cutting him, maybe even even if it's like a sixth or seventh round conditional, he. I think there's some teams out there who have seen the tape, and they'd be intrigued by what he brings to the table, but – you know, they're not going to go out of their way. Maybe a seventh-round pick conditional, better than nothing. If they can trade Yadam, a former third-rounder who's also done nothing on the field, why not a pass rusher, a former second-round pick in Demarcus Walker? I don't think it's going to happen because teams don't even know if he's going to be cut yet. I think many teams knew around the NFL Yadam wasn't long for the Broncos. Walker still has a shot, but it's kind of tenuous right now. I would look to see if I can get anything, but I prefer to keep him. I just objectively, I don't think it's going to happen. But, you know, stranger things have, though, occurred. I think as a second round pick, you should keep him one last year because you don't know what health wise what's going to unfold. Give him that one last year to because it's not like he's been a complete failure in terms of it's not like when he's been on the field, he completely sucks. When he's been on the field, he's found a way to make an impact. So <clears throat> I'm hopeful. I mean, honestly, Zach, no disrespect to Christian Covington. It, I would rather the Broncos carry Demarcus Walker, knowing that than Christian Covington. Knowing that you've got McTelvin Ajim, knowing you got Draymond Jones, knowing that you've got some bodies there to kind of rotate in with Shelby Harris, Mike Purcell, Jarrell Casey. I might even be missing a guy. I'd rather keep him on there because we know he has some upside on and the surface of which he's only scratched. I'd rather have that than a, you know, career journeyman at best guy. In Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent 
Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Christian Covington, who, let's face it, he's not going to be around probably, the odds tell us anyway, much longer than a year. Uh, you know what, though? I think the one guy in the room, the common denominator all these years for Walker has been Bill Kolar. And if he doesn't like you, and he's very opinionated and loud, if he doesn't like you, and Fangio doesn't like you, who's also very by the book and very black and white, you don't have the future with this team. I would keep him as well, but I just don't think it's going to happen. He really did nothing this summer to separate himself. And another guy like Adam, like you mentioned, maybe with preseason, you could have saw him make some plays and stake his case. But uh, like I wrote in my piece, the 53-man uh, prediction, for young and unproven players this year, it's so tough. They're further behind the eight ball, and it makes it almost impossible to crack the squad over veteran or more proven players. All right, let's uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Let's talk about Jeff Driscoll. So the Broncos signed Jeff Driscoll to be the veteran fail-safe. They get rid of Joe Flacco. Flacco now playing for the New York Jets. In comes Jeff Driscoll to be kind of the fail-safe, which if you're looking for a fail-safe in the truest sense of the word, you're, you're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel here with Jeff Driscoll. But one thing that we know here at MHH through our contacts in uh, Dove Valley is that Jeff Driscoll was a guy, a quarterback, a late-round developmental-type quarterback – the Broncos had a high evaluation on when he was a draft prospect coming out of Florida, and it just didn't work out for them to land him. So he was kind of one of those guys that the team always kept their eye on. And when the opportunity to kind of cross paths and bring him here arose, they brought him in. But Zach, their early returns have not been good. Right. In his defense, it was ugly. And I mean ugly. The first couple of weeks, he's kind of steadied out the last, I'd say, seven to ten days or so. But it's still not great. And if you're the Denver Broncos – you obviously you know it's <clears throat> it's going to be um, devastation if you lose Drew Locke for any serious amount of time anyway. No matter who you probably ha can bring in that's available, but if you're looking at that guy that stands between, if something happens to Locke, the only guy standing between you, your team, and utter ruination in the NFL this year is Jeff Driscoll. You got to be having some serious misgivings if you're that front office. Yeah, you know, I can't, again, I can't be objective and not put Jeff, Jeff Driscoll on this list. He really did look bad this summer. And what we've seen with these camp reports and these limited practices, I, I just want to preface this, though, by saying any quarterback, Locke included, will look bad against the Broncos defense. They're that good. And they flustered Locke in that stadium scrimmage, so I'm not surprised with the backup offensive line and the backup weapons that, that Driscoll didn't look that great in practice. I also liked what the Broncos were doing with his signing. Don't get a guy who's going to steal headlines like a Jameis Winston. Get a very nondescript but veteran quarterback who can come in as a pinch starter, kind of like a Brandon Allen last year. I like where the Broncos were going, but I can't look 
people in the eye on this podcast and say Driscoll wasn't among the duds. I mean, he really was bad this summer. I still think he's a pretty decent number two to have. I don't think the Broncos are going to swap him out at this point in the process. But, yeah, he was not great. I mean, fans are already crossing their fingers that their quarterback can stay healthy for a full 16, and I don't see any reason to, to doubt that with regard to Drew Locke. That thumb injury that he suffered last summer was a fluke. He's always been a guy that's available and healthy for his team. But really keep those fingers crossed. Whatever tribute you got to pay to the football gods, get that done because Jeff Driscoll is not going to save this team if the excrement hits the fan. All right, <laughs> Cross Zach. Cross those toes too. <laughs> yes, indeed. Quick one here from Josh Alstrom, and then we'll get to the studs jumping in on Super Chat. Really appreciate you, you, Josh. Josh. Good to have you in the stream, my friend. Can't make it to every stream, I know, but uh, I know you're listening to each episode. And when you are in the live stream, it's always better to have you with us. He says, how can you call Locke a backup as if it's a proven this early in his career? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, that kind of speaks to the antithesis of that, which is, well, if that's the case, how can you say he's good? Well, you can look at what he's done as a as a Missouri Tiger, and you can look at his draft pedigree. You can look at his scouting report. You can look at and utilize that five-game sample size as part of the evaluation and still say, look, Drew Locke has shown more that speaks to the fact that he has franchise-caliber potential in him. You've seen more of that in his five-game exposure to the NFL right. than you have for any kind of argument that would suggest this guy is destined to be a career backup set. Unless you're biased like Nick Wright, who literally has Chiefs pendants hanging up behind him, I mean, how could you look at Drew Locke as an NFL analyst and not come away impressed with his limited but impressive and outwardly, you know, staggering body of work? Going four and one as a starter, beating the Texans, beating the Chargers, coming back and beating the Raiders in the finale. That's a divisional game, never easy. A raw quarterback last year, shoddy coaching, shoddy supporting cast. I don't really care what Eric Davis has to say because you know what, Chad, I know what, Broncos fans know what, anyone with a functioning brainstem knows that Drew Locke is a franchise caliber quarterback who I think will establish that title this season. No doubt. No doubt about it. Mundungus had a parting message for Glenn, by the way, on the way out that we missed late, wanting him to put the barrel on. So hopefully Glenn, will, I'm sure he will. He'll get that message. And Mike, as you know, we appreciate you, my friend. Yes. And as Gary said, Definitely an amazing story about how Glenn landed those uh, seats from Old Mile High. Very cool story. All right. We will get to your super chats, whatever questions are on your mind. We still got some time. Let's run through the studs, the top three studs as we see it so far of camp. And there are more, and we're going to unveil more tomorrow in the written article. Zach and I are going to co-author. So stay tuned for that. And we can riff off it a little bit more on tomorrow night's podcast as well. But let's start with the rookie. Let's start with Jerry Judy, who, look, he didn't need any introduction from us. Everyone was excited. Uh, Alabama, prolific receiver at Alabama, accomplished some great things with the team. And as an individual, no one was surprised to see him go in the first round. Broncos took him at pick 15. We expected to see good things from him. But, Zach, did you expect as a rookie in his first training camp to hear guys like, you know, grizzled vets like A.J. Bouye, grizzled vets like Kareem Jackson – Grizzled vets like Bryce Callahan, almost paying tribute to him. Like, this guy's making us better. Then we hear that Emmanuel Sanders sought him out. And not just Sanders, other NFL veteran wideouts have contacted Jerry Judy for tips and different things about his route running and whatnot. But he's backed it up with good play. Now, there's been a couple of days he's going to wish he had back. No wide receiver is perfectly immune to the odd drop here and there. But Jerry Judy overall, 
as advertised, fans got to be completely stoked. And I know the team is pleased as punch that they made the pick, Jerry Judy. I feel weird even calling him a rookie because nothing about what, we, what we've seen so far suggests he's a first-year player. I mean, he's so beyond his years, both as a person and as an NFL player. His route running, we knew it'd be sparkling, Chad, but he has the hands to back it up. I mean, he's literally, he took it to the next person on this list in A.J. Boye and has really gotten the better of him in practice. And that's not easy to do with no offseason. He's wowing us with no offseason, no minicamp, no rookie practices, no preseason, and he's putting the moves on very Amari Cooper-like, very Marvin Harrison-like. I knew he would blossom into that, Chad, but he's been that out of the box, and that's what jumped out to me. He's a, a phenomenal talent. Yeah, I mean, he's just – I, you know, I told you guys that when John Elway said he was the number one receiver on our board, I did believe him. I do believe that that's the case, and talking to people, I do believe that. And I think you're seeing why the Broncos had Jerry Judy as their top target and we're not disappointed to see Henry Ruggs go ahead of him and why they ultimately chose to pass on CeeDee Lamb. And CeeDee Lamb, for what it's worth, as you guys know, he was my number one receiver in this class and, you know, still occasionally shed a crocodile tear into my pillow that it wasn't CeeDee Lamb. But Jerry Judy, no regrets, honestly, if I'm being perfectly serious so far, no regrets on Jerry Judy. He's been the genuine article. Zach, another newcomer that has stolen the show in so many words is A.J. Bouye, the transplant from Jacksonville. Now, of course, he enters the league as an undrafted rookie back in 2013, plays his first four years with the Houston Texans. You know, it takes him a good year and a half of that time to earn a role and end up playing on the Texans' defense. <clears throat> Has a really impressive 2016 campaign for the Texans. Goes on to garner that fat contract from the Jacksonville Jaguars. $65 million, I want to say, over five years. By the way, Vic Fangio tried to get in on that action as the defensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears. Came this close to landing A.J. Bouye because he felt like he was a perfect scheme fit for him. Came short. Bouye went to Jacksonville. <clears throat> has an all-pro, well, excuse me, Pro Bowl season in 2017. Six interceptions. Breaks up 18 passes. Everything looks like Jacksonville has landed their two lockdown corners of the future because they had Jalen Ramsey at the time. But then things turn take a turn for the worse for Bouye. Problems with Jalen Ramsey. He ends up being traded away, and Bouye is called on to, to be that number one guy in a Jacksonville um, headquarters and a team that's just falling apart and just cruising for the for the seller. Had a, let's face it, a not good season last year in Jacksonville. Dealt him to the Broncos for a fourth-round pick. I honestly, Zach, you know, I, I, as you guys know, I keep a positive overall. I'll tell you the truth, but I try to always posture things with a positive lean to it. And so I tried to stay positive, but I had some serious misgivings about A.J. Bouye and whether or not he was going to be the real deal or if he could be salvageable because he just wasn't good last year. A few injury issues as well. But so far, Zach, he's gone to great length in my book to assuage some of those concerns. Now, he's got to yes. prove it out on the grass when the real games get here, but – He's been one of the studs and stars picking off balls, showing that ball hawk mentality and that instinct to just drive and impact the play, whether you're breaking up the pass or you're tipping it up in the air and someone else picks it off or you get the pick. Your thoughts on A.J. Bouye so far? What you just mentioned is what we haven't seen from a Broncos secondary since 2015, since the Wade Phillips, you know, no fly zone days with Chris Harris Jr. being in his prime, Akeem Tlaib being in his prime or close to it. Uh, we needed that guy who can go – 
take the ball away from the opponent, get the ball back in the offense's hands, change the game with his sheer skill set. And that's what A.J. Boye brings to the table. He came in to be the cornerback one, and he's looked the part so far, Chad. And it was so big that he stepped up and has been as advertised after losing Chris Harris Jr. And with injury concerns surrounding Bryce Callahan, injury concerns surrounding Devontae Bosby, Boye, if you can shut down Cortland Sutton in practice, I don't even care if it's practice. You can shut him down and go toe-to-toe with him. You're doing something right. I've been very impressed with him. It looks like we're getting the older Boye, the all-pro caliber Boye, and not what we saw last year. So that's what I like. And I think there's he's gotten a little bit of a lift being reunited with Kareem Jackson, who was like his big sure. brother when he entered the league. And I think that's helped him and, and helped boost his confidence and, and really helped that transition to where when you're an NFL transplant, he's not feeling like fish out of water. You know, Denver might be a new environment to him overall, and but – Jackson gives him that that familial sense of of an existing bond and belonging, and I think that's going to help him as well. All right, let's get to the third stud. And, of course, a reminder, gang, there are more studs. There are more duds. We're going to get to yes. that in tomorrow's article that Zach and I will co-author. You're not going to want to miss that at milehighhodel.com. Philip Lindsay. Now, you and I never wavered or doubted that Philip Lindsay was going to have himself one heck of a camp and come out with his hair on fire and just – send the message that, look, you might, by virtue of your contract, by virtue of your former draft pedigree, you might command some of these snaps, but I'm going to be the man. I'm going to be the starter, even if it's in a nominal sense. So far, Philip Lindsay has not only done that, but then some. Like he has taken every touch, every snap, every drill, like he's trying to send a message directly up the chain of command to the top of Dove Valley with John Elway and – you got to love it. It's got to excite you because I think you're going to see really good things for Melvin Gordon this year. Worthy of $8 million for the year? I don't know. We'll see. Nope. I have my doubts. But I still think you're going to get a really good running back, better than anyone the Broncos have had in the last seven, eight years outside of Lindsey. Okay? But Lindsey's still going to be the guy's act. Well, let me just point out this fact real quick. Not to chirp too much on Melvin Gordon, you know, being overpaid. He's the eighth highest paid running back in the NFL for this season, $8 million. Philip Lindsay is the 165th highest paid running back at 570. It's, it's a shame. But you know what? I can't even say I'm surprised. I expected this to happen. You and I both did, Chad. We've been saying from the moment Gordon was signed, Philip Lindsay will be the RB1. No one puts Phil in a corner. <laughs> no matter where he's been, any capacity on a football field, if you buried him on the depth chart, bring in who you want, he will always battle and, and move past it and, and merge on top. That's exactly what's happened. He has taken every carry this summer, Chad, with a sense of urgency, with motivation, being pissed off, wanting that contract, feeling disrespected, running you know, with the with the mentality of the let them hate, you know, let them keep disrespecting me. I will show them and I will prove them wrong. And like you said, John Elway specifically, target number one. I couldn't be more impressed with Philip Lindsay, but it's nothing surprising. It's just when you have a game-breaking talent like that, you cannot let him rot on the bench. I don't care who's in front of him. I don't care what he lacks. He's a true difference maker in the NFL. You don't bench that. You know, and we've said this on the show many times. He echoed that today, and that is that he doesn't need 20, 25 touches a game to produce, get into a rhythm for the law of averages to work in his favor. He's a guy that you can give 10 to 12 touches, and he's going to produce triple-digit yards from scrimmage. And he talked about that today, that, you know, all I need is a handful of touches, and I'm going to – more often than not, those touches are going to result in big gains. 
and big plays and big touchdowns. And so if anything, the silver lining remains that even though it might be obscene and egregious that Philip Lindsay's making 750 K this year and Melvin Gordon's making, you know, between seven and a half million and 8 million. Nevertheless, he's the guy that is going to provide that spark and he's going to, he's going to, I think, continue to prove that he he's the leader in the room. He's one of the leaders on offense and so far, so good on this summer. We'll get back to Lindsay here in a second, but Josh Allstrom jumping back in. Appreciate you, Josh. Thank you, Josh. Getting back to some of our superstars and your questions that we might have missed in the chat. Uh, he says, I think the Broncos' issues on offense are less them being a problem and more the defense being that good. Very good point. Very good Part point. Part of it. Here's the thing, though. You got to expect there to be some problems on offense just because – you know, it's a new scheme. There was no offseason, and there have been no preseason games. Right. And, you know, the the reps on the field have been limited at times, too, with the ramp up. Then there was the injury to Justin Sternod. Fangio, you know, gets cautious, draws it back. And, you know, it, there's going to be some trial and error learning curve. There's not enough seat reps at the old, you know, um, just not enough swings at the plate. That's probably the best thing to get perfectly humming on and firing on all cylinders. But, Zach, that time is going to come. It's just they're going to have to complete that learning curve somewhat in games that count. The question is, do you believe the coaches are going to put them in the right position to succeed while they're still kind of getting things down? And do you believe, second question, that there's enough talent on this offense to overcome some of those imperfections and you know get, get a lot of bang for their buck? You have to put them in the, in the the proper position to succeed, no matter if they're winning, they're losing, if they're young, they're old. When the Chiefs started Patrick Mahomes, they didn't make him Alex Smith. They let him throw interceptions. They let him flounder because it made him a better player. They stuck with their game plan and their scheme for Mahomes. Look how that turned out. So if it starts out slow, don't go away from what made Locke a great prospect. His arm, his playmaking, uncanny ability to move around the pocket. He has the weapons. He has the coaching. And they have the talent, Chad. I, I, it's not. It's part of the reason the Broncos' defense being so good. That's part of the reason why the offense has struggled, especially in the stadium scrimmage. But it's also, like Chad said, a new center. A new guard, a new tackle, a new receivers, a new running back. These are all new moving parts, a new coaching staff with a new scheme, a new quarterback coach. And on top of that, no offseason to get that down. You, you can huddle at a Denver park. It's not the same as getting on the field and getting that chemistry down in real practices and minicamps. They haven't had that. So if it's – I wouldn't wring my hands right now. I wouldn't pull my hair out. I wouldn't panic. It could be a little slow out of the gates, but the Broncos know what they're doing with Locke and – all indications, Chad. We have to trust them right now. They deserve the benefit of the doubt with how they've handled Locke this offseason, and I have no reason to believe, based on this summer and this limited viewing of this offense, that it's not going to be anything that we, we didn't expect. Yeah, or that they can't overcome. Right. Again, it's important to remember that it's the, the onus is on the quarterback to test the limits during training camp, to kind of push the boundaries. There are a lot of decisions that Drew Locke will make, whether it's in a scrimmage or in a training camp practice, that on a game day – he might not make because he's already made that decision early on in training camp, learned from it. It was a bad decision, so he makes a different decision. A lot of things like that are going to happen. And you also got to remember, training camp and practice in general, but especially the, the whole scope that is training camp, it just simply favors the defense. All right, quick uh, question from Adam here who wants to know on YouTube. Has Natani Muti, this was the sixth-round pick the Broncos made this year, uh, has, has Muti been playing at both guard spots or just at right? 
He has received spots, uh, or I should say reps, at both spots. But mostly, Zach, from what I've seen, he has been playing left guard with the twos and the threes, but he has gotten up to the twos. In fact, there was a question that Fangio fielded this week. Here's what he was asked, or, or he was asked about Muti, how Muti has done this summer in training camp. Zach, he said, quote, Muti's been good overall, up and down like you would expect from a guy who's a rookie and a rookie who's missed a lot of football during his college career. He's had flashes of good play and not so good play, but he had a tough night the other day in practice. He would have given up a sack or two or at least a couple of quarterback hits in the game if it were a real game. He's not where he needs to be, obviously, but again, we like the player, close quote. That's not the first time we've read that quote from Fangio, but it's the only specific update we've gotten from Fangio on the topic of Muti. It's about what you expect. He's a really talented guy with a massive injury jacket, but he's still very raw. He actually didn't play all that much at Fresno State because of all those injuries, but when he was on the field, he was a dominant player that just jumps off the tape. Like You just pick him out really, really fast. But Zach, he's very much a diamond in the rough that's going to take some time to polish, which is why in your 53-man prediction um, that you published today at milehighhuddle.com, guys, go read that right now as soon as this podcast is over. Go read it. I think it was you said something to the effect of Muti's a guy that they'll find a you know you wouldn't be surprised if they find some kind of an injury designation yeah. put him on injured reserve and let him redshirt his rookie year he needs that to to marinate yeah just like Joe Flacco had a neck injury they put him on IR for I mean they'll find a way to keep and preserve Muti around the team if they expose him in the practice squad I think he gets stolen he he has a pretty bright future in Denver he has starting caliber traits but Chad laid out perfectly. Injury history, uh, being a very raw lineman. You know, he's working left guard right now. They have a, a locked-in starter there in Dalton Reisner. He's a 2021 pick and beyond. He has a great future working with Mike Munchak in specific, but not in 2020. I don't think he'll be on the 53. They'll find some way to put him on PUP or IR and, and redshirt him for, until next offseason. Dennis Woods, great member of this community, so consistent in his support for MHH. We really appreciate you, Dennis. He says, uh, I watched the interview with Philip Lindsay today. The Broncos made him available after practice. A commenter named Dave Logan, is it the Dave Logan? I, I highly doubt it was the Dave Logan, said that Lindsay will have 1,200 yards and 8 to 10 touchdowns. Thoughts? Hashtag state of being from Michigan, baby. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Zach, I think 1,200 yards is a bridge too far that I'm willing to go to at this point. Well, but rushing. 1,200 rushing yards. Yes, yeah. rushing but I don't see, even with Gordon getting probably close to an equal snap share, if not slightly more, <clears throat> touch share, I should probably say, I still think Lindsay's going to come close to, if not eclipse, 1,000 yards. But I think it's going to be similar to the last two years where he just barely gets there. And I think the one difference, though, from this year compared to last year is you're going to see him produce more these splash plays that are going to come because – the right. defense gets lulled into a rhythm with Melvin Gordon, and then in comes Lindsey, and they're just not prepared for that twitch and that speed and that explosion, and boom, he's down the field 54 yards, just like you saw multiple times as a rookie, a few times last year. But I think you'll see a lot more big plays from him, which is one of the silver linings to having a guy like Melvin Gordon is you might get a smaller seat at the table if you're Philip Lindsey in terms of overall snap share, if you're looking at it like a pie chart, but I think you'll get a lot more – you know, stretched. You're, he's going to stretch those dollars a lot farther, similar to what he did in 2018. 
Yeah, you know, it's a lot more bang for your buck. You know, I, I think I, I'm I'm right there with you. 1,200 yards, it could have happened if Melvin Gordon wasn't signed and, you know, he had no competition. He's going to be vultured on a, a chunk of his carries because of the contract the Broncos are paying Melvin Gordon. They're going to shoehorn him to get these carries. But like you said, I'm right there with you. Lindsey will return to that 2018 form where he can take the ball to the house at any point on the field. And even as a pass catcher, I expect him to eclipse 1,200 total yards, rushing and receiving, and I think 8 to 10 touchdowns is still very fair regardless i don't care about title or stat prediction he's going to be the better running back over gordon and he's going to be that spark plug on offense buried right now underneath the likes you know Judy's getting all the headlines and sutton and fan and gordon but Lindsay's still the playmaker chad until proven otherwise he is still that explosive element this broncos offense desperately needs on the field all the time and those running backs man they're going to get a lot of work this year because you know, you, the offense, the, the best friend of any quarterback, but especially a young quarterback, is running a prolific and reliable running game. And I, even with some of the question marks at tackle and you got a rookie center and Lloyd Cushenberry, and all, I still think this is going to be a very productive ground game for the Broncos. And that'll, you know, yeah. one of the biggest beneficia- uh, beneficiaries of that will be Philip Lindsay. All right, we got Ron Dub. We're getting long here, Zach. So we'll muscle through our last few superstars. We got one from Duke and a couple others. But we got Ron in the house. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. Brings the good questions. He says, hey, guys, who would be better for the Broncos to keep on the 53? Deshaun Hamilton or Tim Patrick? Also, do you think a crowded tight end room helps our offense? I can see it helping periodically with two tight end set looks. All right, Zach, let's start with the first one. In your opinion, what what would be better for the Broncos to keep, Hamilton or Patrick, in terms of really actually helping the, the offense? I feel like uh, we've answered this question so many times in the course of the offseason. I'm a really big Tim Patrick fan. Uh, he has a lot of Cortland Sutton light elements to him, and he's the perfect understudy for someone like Cortland Sutton. Hamilton, to me, even though he came on last year with Drew Locke and he has the draft status, being a former fourth-round pick, he's a whatever player to me. I mean, he's just a guy that's there. He's kind of middling. He's not a great possession guy. He's not a great speed demon, obviously. He's just kind of there. He had some drop issues. If it was up to me, I'd take Tim Patrick all day, every day over Deshaun Hamilton. See, and I flipped that coin just for different reasons, but I think the Broncos kind of got, we're onto something late in the year when Locke, Locke got inserted as um, the starter. He and Hamilton kind of had a, a mind meld going there and yeah. Deshaun kind of got off to a rough start this training camp. I'll be honest with you. I started wondering, man, he might not even make this 53 because this wide receiver room is so stacked, but he's really kind of turned the ship around I think both are going to make the roster, right. to be honest with exactly. you. Exactly, yeah. But I'm taking Hamilton just because of the inside-outside versatility that he offers. And and not to say that Patrick didn't have a bond with Locke last year because Patrick got a lot of snaps with Locke as well and had one of the biggest – honestly, Drew Locke's best throw last year, Patrick caught it, that sideline in, in yeah. Houston down the left sideline. Um, so good question. Your thoughts on the tight end room, though, Zach, how it helps the offense. He says, I can see it helping periodically with two tight end looks, which – Let's remember, Pat Shermer is not known for right. using much at all of any two tight end sets. Yeah, he's traditionally leaned on one tight end, if at all, and that one tight end will be Noah fan. So I can see where you're coming with that question. I mean, having two tight ends, having someone like Vanette on the field will help with blocking and maybe some play action looks, buying lock some time with a moving pocket. Uh, but don't look for... Again, Albert O to be this instant impact star out of the gates. If there's anyone in that tight end room who's going to shine, anyone, it's Noah Fant. And it's, it's Fant and then literally everybody else. All right, let's grab this one from Chris. 
Appreciate you, my friend, jumping back in. Superstar, you know him. You love Thank him. Thank you, Chris. Awesome show, he says. Show your support and hashtag click those little thumbs up. Gang, whether you're on YouTube or Facebook, you guys have no idea how much those likes really do help us grow and reach other people, other like-minded fans. So please make sure you like the video before you X on out of here when we sign off in just a few minutes. And that time is rapidly approaching, Zach, because we are now 12 minutes off, but we can't leave Duke in the cold. We're never going to leave Duke Boynton out in the cold. One of our valued superstars here in the community and up there on MHH Mount Rushmore. Appreciate your generosity, Duke, and your support. He says, Sorry, I missed Glenn's interview. I'll catch it tomorrow, though. Hats off to Glenn. He's a rock in this community. That's a good way of describing Glenn. A rock, reliable, sturdy, consistent, strong. That's Glenn, and he's very important to us as hosts, to Zach and I, as the guys that are sitting here, uh, you know, coming up with the content, talking off the top of our heads, engaging with you in the community. Glenn is one of those guys that I don't know how we could do without him. Yeah, and you know what? Going back to even the old Facebook Live 24-7 days, he's been just a a loyal, devoted follower and listener to the show. And Glenn, again, we appreciate it, and and it was so nice meeting you. We have to have him on again, though, Chad, for sure. Yes, and we will. Brian jumping in to say, Juwan James has to be the biggest dud. The clown has sweatpants (laughs) for every day of the week. You know, we had to keep it to the guys that participated in training camp, but we're working on that. You you guys know how we feel. Yeah. Zach Lee Butler jumping in with a super chat. Thank you, Zach. And I don't recognize this, Zach. So thank you and welcome to Super Chat. We appreciate your support. Great name. He says, Drew Locke is, or he's quoting, uh, let's see, Drew Locke is a backup talent right now. CD. I think he means Eric Davis, not Charles Davis. Yeah, yeah, Eric Davis. Yep. We addressed that, Zach, in case you might have missed it. Uh, at a couple of different points earlier in tonight's show. But thank you so much for the support. And yeah. obviously, you know how we feel. It's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous notion. It's a completely preposterous premise. Let it slide off your back. Let him hate. He'll prove him wrong this year. Don't worry. Let him hate. All right, guys, we are getting close uh, to having to wind it all up here. Obviously, our thoughts remain with uh, Johnny Baby, with Buona Beast, who's recovering, but We also have to give a shout out and our thoughts and our prayers for Pobby. Everyone knows Pobby. Everyone loves Pobby. She has really been stricken with the word that shall go unmentioned. And I mean, that, that bug has laid some body blows on her and she is battling right back. And the last that I have talked to Pobby, she was in good spirits and doing better. So she's trending back in the right direction. And we love hearing that, but she still needs our support, our prayers, our positive thoughts and and juju and energy and all that stuff so prayers up for Poppy and hopefully at some point she hears this and knows how much how many people in this community are praying for and are thinking of her and want the best for her so Poppy, if you're listening we love you and uh, keep a stiff upper lip and we look forward to seeing you back in the stream here very very soon get better soon for sure all right gang we do have to get on out of here um for tonight but, guys, you got to remember to go to sportsbetting.com and try that pick them. It's free. You can get a chance to win up to a million bucks. If you're one of the runners up, you get into that $10,000 prize pool if you're one of the top five finishers. So check it out. You go to sportsbetting.com, and I'm not going to butcher it this time, sportsbetting.com slash pick them football. And uh, we'll have a unique link for that here in the coming days that will be a lot easier for you guys to remember. But it's pretty simple. Just go to sportsbetting.com. 
you'll see it right there. Click on it and try it out. It's free. It's fun. Both of us have done it, and it's an opportunity to see the spreads as well for each and every game in uh, week one. And, man, going through that, Zach, it just jumped out to me almost in an unreal sense. It was almost like an unreality. Zach, the NFL season is going to happen. It's almost (laughs) here, dude. And for so long, how many of us were wondering, is it going to happen? How many questions did we get? How many, you know, just people up in arms and worried that it wasn't going to happen, including us, although we always maintain optimism. We saw light at the end of the tunnel instead of doom and gloom, like so many of our pushback in the uh, in the media landscape but zach it's almost here bro it's september chad and you know what we were we're going to organize the mile high huddle face fantasy football league that's another just update for you guys who are wondering and, and with that it's like a tradition unlike any other because it signals football season and i'm so excited to do it anyone who wants to do it be sure to hit us up on twitter we'll organize that but that's another reminder chad it's september Football is right around the corner, less than two weeks away from the Broncos' regular season opener. It's it's surreal, but amazing at the same time. We'll be having the draft one of the days next week. And so yeah. for those of you interested in being in the league, make sure you reach out to Zach or myself. But Zach's going to be kind of spearheading that. So reach out to us, and we'll make sure you're in on the list. We'll get whatever details from you that we need. And then we will update you on when, how to do the draft. And from there, we'll be off to the races and see if anybody can take down the reigning champ, Chris Hernandez. All right. Make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter at huddle up pod. And then while you're at it, gang, you got to make sure you also follow at mile high huddle on Twitter as well. It was good to see the podcast account at huddle up pod cross the 2000 barrier. Appreciate each and every one of you for supporting and following that account. Also, you got to make sure you're following my partner here, Zach Kelberman on Twitter at Kelberman. NFL. You can catch me at Chad N. Jensen. Gang, have a great night. Shout out to Glenn. Thanks again, my friend, for coming on the show, giving us some of your time, telling some of your stories, showing us some of your gear and your your swag that you have. And uh, again, really great getting a chance to meet you and talk with you. So thank you. But we'll uh, we'll see you again tomorrow night. Zach, it's our favorite podcast of the week, officially the Mile High Mailbag. It's about yes. you guys and you guys only. And we're going to have some news, I think. I think the Broncos are going to start paring down the roster before Saturday's deadline, and uh, we'll go over that. And just one we want to just mention, as always, a mile-high salute to everyone who donated tonight, everyone who supported us, who interacted with us. Thank you so much again. Also, we we missed this at the top because I kind of got discombobulated doing this by myself again for the first time in like six months. Shout out to the Facebook supporters. You know who you are. Your, Your name's here on the screen. We love you guys. And uh, that goes for everybody. Thanks for spending some time with us here tonight. But we got to go. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We will talk to you tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. 
They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 